Hey friends, welcome to the Brew Stories podcast where we dive into the stories behind some of coffee's greatest people and shops. There's a lot of content out there that goes into specifics on industry and politics, but what we want to hear is people's stories. My name is Greg Saunders. And I'm Keith Vailapet. And we truly are passionate about two things, people and coffee. So we figured, what better way to combine these two passions than by creating conversations in our local cafes? There's a lot of wisdom to be gained by listening to the stories of those who have gone before us. So we hope you'll join in as we listen and learn more about some of our favorite baristas, how they came to be, and how they're changing the ways we look at coffee. Just in case. Just in case. Okay, cool. Um, we are here at Copa Vita with Joel, who is kind enough to, to sit down with us. Um, we are hoping to pick your mind, Joel, um, just with regards to a few things, your story, uh, your coffee story, um, a little bit about the shop, um, maybe some questions about the industry as well, um, and just to kind of pick your mind. Um, and if you're okay with it, maybe we'll just dive right in. Sounds good. Okay, cool. Um, I guess first and foremost, just if you could go ahead and maybe share with us your history with coffee. So what did that look like um, maybe growing up or maybe it was in your later years? Um, and if you can maybe attribute that to an experience or a person. Got it. Um, my experience with coffee, well, first experience with coffee was my grandmother making uh, cafe con leche, but that's not really what we drink nowadays, so <laughs> that was growing up where I was, it was basically a lot of milk and then a little coffee, so I was like, can I have coffee with my milk as opposed to can I have milk with my coffee, uh, and sugar, but um, flash forward, I'm 12, I'm 13, uh, a community of faith I was a part of in Santa Barbara had a music venue with a coffee shop called Sniffy's. Uh, funny name, it was like the logo was a mouse with the saxophone. That's when ska was big, so saxophones uh, and, yeah, totally. and mice, I don't know. Yeah. But um, that was led by a guy named Paul Carr. And granted, I never had a cup of coffee there, but it was called Sniffy's Coffee House. Um, I don't remember drinking any coffee there, but I loved what was being achieved, which was this live music, which I was getting into music, both personally playing the guitar or whatever, and then going to shows, and then um, the idea that, I think, like I said, I was 12, 13, about to, like, in high school, it, it went from being 12, 13, 14, 15, um, at that time, wanting, like, knowing that this was a space for young people in Santa Barbara, but I didn't live in Santa Barbara, so I was like, I want to do something like this for my friends, like, we're bored, we're doing nothing, places close early, we're just left to our own devices. Like, what if I could, at 13, 14 years old, create something that encompassed a coffee shop, yeah. uh, quote-unquote, even though I didn't drink coffee. <laughs> and at that time, I was actually doodling on graph paper what my coffee shop would look like and what kind of building I would want, which is funny because it doesn't work that way. You usually take over buildings and totally. accommodate the space. It can't, like, just, you know draw what you want your space to look like and then it just magically appears but that's what I was doing at that age um, and then went through high school hopeful that one day I would be able to do it funny I don't know how or or by the means I was going to do it but I was hopeful that one day I would do it yeah. um, after high school kind of went away I was I started a business doing graphic design 
and then you know, 10 years later after high school, not 10, but 10 years after this graph paper phase, a friend who owns a pub had opportunity to take over another coffee shop. Um, and my mom heard about it. She's like, my son's always wanted to do that. Uh, it never panned out, but what it did was opened up the door again that maybe one day I would do a coffee shop uh, again. Just the fact that it was like kind of on the table for a, a moment in time of... Joel, if you want this opportunity, you might be the. Do you want to be the owner? Do you want to be the manager? Um, the guy ended up not going down that road, um, and that was okay. But what it did was it kindled this thing. But what it also brought up was, do I really want to go down this road of having to wake up at the butt crack of dawn to serve a cup of coffee? Like seven o'clock, eight o'clock, I'm okay with. But oh man, four o'clock. Because I, I had friends that worked at Starbucks and they opened super early, and it's like, do I want that lifestyle? Can I do it? Um, is it worth it? And then uh, in that season of life, a friend challenged me and she said, Joel, it sounds like you're scared of commitment. And I took that as truth. I was like, yeah, I think I, I, think I don't want to wake up early. But then I started searching within myself, um, asking myself, what, why am I scared of commitment? And then it hit me one day that the reason why I wanted to do the thing when I was 13 had nothing to do with coffee. It actually had to do with people um, and not the cup. And so with that, though, I, at that time, funny enough, Intelligentsia was blowing up in L.A., and I loved their Venice location. Um, went to, then I can't remember what year Pasadena opened up, but I started following it online. I loved that coffee was this thing that looked beautiful in a cup. There was these nuances just as much as the wine industry. And then after that, the beer industry. And all of a sudden, coffee has all these tasting notes and roasting profile. All these things that were unheard of when I was 13. Um, that it was a whole craft. It was a whole art. Even on the tea side, there's the same amount of care and detail. And it honestly has been there the whole time. It's just no one had taken the time to present a bean or a leaf in that regard. Um, as they did with a grape or a hop, you know, so, or you get the point. So that was all happening at the same time that, uh, this notion of a coffee shop came up with a friend that not going anywhere, being challenged with them. I scared of commitment (laughs) and, but confronted with the fact that I wanted to do it for people ended up, is this really long? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it came down to what I found to be my own personal truth is like I need to increase or as I say expand my heart to love people and if I did that I might find the capacity to open a shop at the butt crack of dawn because I'm doing it for the person on the other end of a bar now granted keep in mind even though I was going to Venice uh, and Telly whenever I had the chance pretty much every weekend I still didn't I still wasn't I would say like a coffee drinker and so I'm like 25 26 um, just doing it like on weekends for fun and not really knowing what I'm drinking Um, Kesha's you know single origin I knew none of those terminologies but a few months after that whole thing fell through with that friend I had another friend that I'd known over the years that I realized he had this coffee shop the whole time pardon the trash can (laughs) Uh, 
This friend, his name's Mike, he owned a little tiny cafe, coffee shop in Camarillo, California, up the coast from San Diego. And I walked in and I, again, I, I knew of Intelli, I saw Intelli on the shelf there. Um, and he, he was great at his products. Um, and I just like, hey, I, I just told him I would love to learn this. Does he have time to teach me? I don't know what provoked me to ask it, but he threw it back on me and said, do you want a job? I was like, okay. I wasn't prepared to take a part-time job or full-time job or anything per se, because that's not what I went to. I just wanted to learn a craft and kind of go on my way. And um, that, though, led to a six-month stint um, at what I now, and it's not a new term, but it turns out Element was the, was the shop. They were a multi-roaster coffee shop, so they had just a, uh, started carrying Handsome. They were already carrying Verve and Intelli, so... Tyler Wells came in once, got to meet him for a second. He probably has no idea who I am, but <laughs> other than meeting him here at the Throwdowns here in the city, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, he knows Mike, but, you know, so that was at the infancy of Handsome, uh, but fell in love with their products and, and whether it was their espresso or even their categorizing of um, adventure coffees or comfort coffees is how they did it, um, which until... Uh, uh, Intelli didn't really have that, but Copa Vita kind of carries along that similar idea of how do we create something that's approachable for the public. Um, so anyways, yeah, Element Coffee, that, some other circumstances in my life kind of took me to Nashville right after that. Well, I got married, quit that job because I was in Mexico getting married for a month, um, not a month-long wedding, but <laughs> preparing. <laughs> yeah, lots of drinking and partying. No. Um, I think over that time, though, even in Mexico, funny enough, like when I started dating my wife, having these conversations of what is possible with a cup of coffee, like, it, it's, it's such an accessible thing that everyone does, at least here in the States, and could the world really be changed through a cup of coffee? Even Martin Luther King says, you know, we're interacting with the world when we drink our cup of coffee, and we haven't even done anything, we haven't left our... our, our house, we make our cup of coffee, and we've already interacted with the whole world around us. So to go from like MLK to say that, those things have been, there's a justice aspect of coffee that has always, uh, justice in general has always pulled on my heart. And so once coffee became a part of it, and then I saw people like Intelli doing uh, direct trade, um, Stumptown doing what they were doing. Um, you know, I visited Stumptown when, in, like, 2010, and just thought they were just kind of like a nobody at that time. And I was like, oh, that's, a, you know, I, I didn't, wasn't, my headspace wasn't yeah. there, but, you know, all these people being forerunners in working directly with farmers, um, those kind of things, uh, pulled on my heart from the beginning uh, in terms of how you can bring justice upon the earth through a cup of coffee or through a shot of espresso. Yeah. Um, and... With that, that I don't know where I'm getting that in that sense, but where this that comment is going, but that's been within me the whole time on the journey. But life, I was saying, took me to Nashville um, after getting married and being in Mexico. I'd have these conversations, seeing the coffee industry growing there in Mexico City, talking with my now wife about, wow, like this, there's amazing things happening. Like, cause you, the guy in Mexico, it's called uh, Cafe Avellaneda stands for um, the it, they had their squirrels their logo but it's actually uh, what's that? 
not toffee nut, but it's the other. Um, it starts with the niche. Hazelnut? Hazelnut. Yeah. yeah. Avianeta is a hazelnut. Okay. I'm trying to hold this up. Yeah. Because it's gone a little louder. Yeah. So, this little cafe in Mexico is buying farms only for Mexican plantation or crops and then the guy roasts at his house literally walks it across an alleyway and serves it and they're like 25 cents well 25 pesos a cappuccino which is insane because it's 13 pesos to well now it's 18 pesos to a dollar so for a dollar dollar 20 you're getting like amazing cappuccinos and maybe I'm, I'm probably convinced the milk is a little bit more pure there less less processing so you get a more pure product. So the sweetness is amazing. But, um, yeah, the musings of of if you can make products that are, in this case, coffee, but if you can make products in general that are um, looking out and caring for the world or the, and the people that built it, grew it, farmed it, manufactured it, if you're, you can actually change the world through the simplicity of something simple like a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. Um, so when I went to Nashville, even in visiting Nashville, there's this shop out there. You may have heard of it, Barista Parlor. Um, first time I visited the city, I walked in, and this guy Lee Lee Sill, he he had a background in Quills Coffee, um, which is out back there, and Prima Coffee is kind of he's on some of the videos of Prima. Um, so Lee, he and his wife right away, well, like they were the people that I first met and they said bring your application once you move so I did it took about a year um, to well one to move and then about a year to actually get a job once I was there um, but in retrospect it was like perfect timing uh, for that experience in that environment I was in um, they have three locations now at that time they had two I worked at the original location and really was surrounded by a group of people that uh, propelled me to another level. I did have another job out there at a place called The Post serving uh, Victrola coffee from Seattle and um, left there to pursue design and in that time that's when I was like, I'm going to try and tell uh, pa- uh, Barista Parlor again. And if you don't know, Barista Parlor is also a multi-roaster shop so I, I was comfortable with that. I, yeah. I like the options. Um, it doesn't work for everyone in terms of as a way to run your cafe but as a consumer as a coffee drinker, it's great to walk in and be like, oh, this this is from Intelli, this is from Cyclass, from Counterculture, from Verve, uh, from Stumptown. We had all those on our menu. And that really was like a, a, a proving ground or whatever. I actually did about four months of doing dishes before I even was on the floor doing coffee. So I was able to see the back of house and the need uh, for a bar back to really assist the the barista and um, you know there was a system there where there was honor and gratefulness that they needed their decanters and their mugs and I was the guy giving it to them and they were you know my friends now they were appreciative that I was that guy Um, so I learned the hustle if you want to say in that because it was just a lot of back and forth and we would have crazy Saturdays and Sundays doing brunch so to see a cafe that was serving food uh, we did biscuits with different protein, you know, different meats on them. Um, really excellent, simple product, but running around um, <laughs> trying to make sure decanters were like gold and so were knives because we didn't really have a lot of knives. But um, once you had all the tools you need, it was like, it, it was a lot of excitement. And through that, um, a friend, she stepped down to pursue photography and then I was given the opportunity to 
move onto the floor. And uh, yeah, it was uh, a really great experience. The, the shop was started by a guy named Andy Mama, um, who had his, he has his little, he had other stints in Nashville before starting Brewster Parlor. And, you know, it led to different opportunities. Travel Channel came and filmed me with Gavin DeGraw, which is ridiculous, <laughs> and I hope it never sees the light of day. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I had to tell them, or they wanted me to say on, on film that coffee is a way of life. And it's like, I never say that. Yeah. To, I would never say that to, uh, coffee is a way of life. Yeah. It just was, it was really funny um, how that industry works. Um, but in Nashville, what grew... Beyond that, even from the dish pit, was the notion of people, um, and that what I, I still really wanted something that could um, be presented to people. It's not that I thought Brisa Parlor was doing anything wrong. It's just like I, for me personally, my own fulfillment go, went back to when I was 13, yeah. if not before that. But for sure, the kid doodling on a graph yeah. paper was like okay, like I. I went from graph paper to asking a friend if I could work at, you know, learn, he gives me a job, to I, I moved to Nashville and I'm working at, at that time, what some would, you know, were saying, GQ was saying it's the best coffee shop in the nation, you know, seemingly ridiculous things too on some level, but things that I, I'm still proud to be a part of. Um, the shops are there look amazing, so it's like, the, there were the haters who said, oh, it's just about the shop, it's not about the products, and... Um, you know, at the end of the day, though, all the people I worked with did care about the product, and we wanted it to be excellent, and it just so happened the shops looked awesome at the same time. Um, so that whole experience grew in me, like, okay, I'm sitting there doing dishes, and, like, I still have the, the unction inside me to one day do my thing. What, when will it happen? No idea. But as far as today, like, I knew my friend Doe, she helped start Copa Vida, um, and I was actually at Copa Vita's launch in 2012 before moving, or two, sorry, 2013 before moving to Nashville. And uh, knew that they were doing things in the industry and went up and met her. She ends up um, calling me back after, because I was picking her brain, like, how did you get started? And she shows me with the whole team, uh, Steve Chang and a few others. And I didn't actually meet Sam, who's the GM here. Uh, I just met everyone else that's part of the team, and they were just encouraging me, like, we can't give you much, like, you're here for an hour, but, you know, good luck on your journey. <laughs> Blessings be upon you as you yeah. go. And it was like, but they're like, we'll support you if you want coffee, we can give you coffee. But what happened was five, six hours later, I get a phone call, it's like, hey, I, we know you're doing your own thing, but we would actually um, love to pick your brain, see if you want to be interested in coming to San Diego to be a part of what is happening down there in the coffee scene met with Sam uh, Hong, who's the general manager, um, and also part one of the partners in the company, and uh, the doors are like wide open to not just be on the floor, not just being in dishes, but actually um, take up a assistant manager into general manager, or cafe manager position, sorry. Um, so yeah, my wife and I said yes to that. Uh, the journey continues, um, but it... You know, I just, you know, even before talking to you guys, had a conversation with one of our kitchen guys and talking about how, like, the learning how everything needs to run efficiently. You know, you need to support one another. Um, we need support from the back. They need support from us. Um, and then it ultimately 
comes down to delivering a good product to you guys, the customers. And ultimately, sometimes I'm the customer. And the, the thing that we say with Copa Vida is that we sell customer experience. Now, granted, you can't put a price on that, but uh, we didn't have a sign-up on our door for the first five months. Now we just have a decal. <laughs> it's not even a real sign. I mean, I guess that is a sign, but... Yeah. It's it's <laughs> it's not made of metal and everything else or lights. It's just totally. but to show that we created something um, in in San Diego that I'm new to. So there is a humble, uh, sorry, humility that I want to bring too. It's like there's a community that exists here before me yeah. that's been trying to do amazing things before I moved here. So without any disrespect to that, it's also like wow, like we created something that started in October and people come in and fill our seats and buy our product um, even without signs on the, the wall even without knowing who we are even though we have our flagship in Pasadena um, the customer experience is something we hold high um, but you can have great customer experience and the product suck and so if you have then no one's still going to come back like I love the people but their product isn't is so 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 you know it's subpar right. um, so to be a part of something that really in the customer experience, it's not just looking at, do we say hi to the customer? It's like, no, we need to make sure our espresso's on point. Um, we're always checking, you know, are we dialed in, whether it's our pour over or, or um, our cold brew, which we take pride in, is it is it on point today? So we taste all those things. It's not just we just serve it out in the name of customer experience. We drink it ourselves. You know, all, you'll see me drinking many a pour over just before I serve it, just to, and that's just something I do. It's not like we make that protocol, but it's my attention to that kind of detail that um, is a part of the overall experience that people are glad, like, oh, wow. Maybe they don't even notice that I'm... They, maybe they think I'm just pouring something off and yeah, drinking right. for myself to get caffeinated, but um, taking those little 10, 30, 10 seconds to just say, like, is this going to be great for that? Um, is it meeting the, the quality that I have in my head on their end? Uh, so... It's part of the journey. Um, the journey's still going, but um, I will say, like I said, that there there is a great um, community here in San Diego, and it's funny because it, it if you look at Seattle, then you look at Portland, and then you look at the Bay Area, and then you look at what's happened in LA in the past three four years, uh, five years because Intelli's been there for some time now, but like San Diego. It's not a question of, in my opinion, like when will it be, or not, sorry, if it's not. That's not the question. It's just kind of when will it be another central hub for, for the coffee industry and for the coffee scene. And um, it's cool to be a part of it. But again, I know there's many people who paved the way so Copacabana could even exist and sell a four dollar cup of coffee because um, all the other players that are here, you know, James and Coffee and Tea and Bean Bar and. Uh, virtuoso and moto and they're all here laying the groundwork for the what's to come and i think you know who knows maybe sca will will be right next to comic-con one day so yeah yeah you know, i love that you said like your initial journey of coffee like started with the idea of like people just coming together like it had nothing to do with coffee itself it was more about the people in the community and I think that is a huge part of coffee shops nowadays, but it's often like the secondary thing that people think about. You know, they think about 
oh, we have to have the perfect coffee, and then we have to have, like, this beautiful, like, innovative shop, and then we have to make sure that, like, people feel welcomed. And, like, throughout that whole journey, that kind of, like, trend everywhere you went, you know, even starting from when you were 13 years old, which is crazy, <laughs> was, like, all about community and, like, about the people. Um, so it's cool to look like that you've come from that perspective and then that you were even, like, part of shops that shared that same view, like Element Coffee. Like, I've had, I've had friends that have worked there, too. And so, like, knowing that there was big community aspect that surrounded that and then same thing with Barista Parlor and Copa Vida. Like, these are all places that come from the customer service side first and foremost, but then they bring, like, excellent product. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome to hear. But uh, I was kind of thinking, like, what, for you, because you've, you've kind of hopped around to a lot of places, both, like, geographically and job-wise, what was it like for you to move to San Diego, like, personally? Um, but then also, what was it like for Copa Vida to move to San Diego and to kind of jump into this new community because you guys want to be involved, but you guys, as a company, corporately and personally, like, you guys are new. Yeah. So, like, what, can you, like, walk me through what, like, that kind of looked like? So, uh, for my wife and I, we quit our jobs, <laughs> obviously. We, she was working at a charter school, making decent money and did that. And um, ultimately what we chose was not a situation or a, a, an opportunity based on money. I think um, what, what came out of the blue ultimately was was something that we took in the fact that it came out of the blue was something we're like okay this doesn't come every day maybe we should really investigate it and my wife was totally supportive of it she was down to move to a new city but ultimately she was on board to say Joel I think you should uh, explore what this looks like for yourself um, but that said it's been hard she's still struggling to find like steady work in this town but um, I think it I'm from California, but coming down, coming back to California after living on the 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 scale that is Nashville, where you can rent a house. Oh, we were renting right before we moved a home for a thousand dollars for three bedrooms. Uh, his, and then having here and getting a two-bedroom place that's small and you know two thousand dollars is just kind of like okay, um, different economic scale, but. I, I don't regret moving. We don't regret moving. Um, we, we took an opportunity and went with it, and we're living with what that still looks like. You know, given that she's still she's working, but still trying to find something that makes her come alive on her end. As for Copa Vida, uh, as a whole, I think some of the the why do you say? Well, let's just say I know the company before me didn't want to come in and kind of just put a flag in the ground and say, we're doing it right and you guys are doing it wrong or, or you're not doing it great. So we're doing we're going to show you how it is, guys. Um, that was never the heart of the intention. Um, 
And so there, I think there was that fear that, who are these people? Why are they coming in? And those were, I think, self-imposed on some level. Who, who are these guys? Like, they're not from here. Um, they're, they're coming in and trying to, to take away some of the work that we've been doing, or take the glory for the work that we've been doing all the time. And what I found is that hasn't been the case. Um, again, uh, Sam Hong, he came and had been coming for a year, once, a, once or twice every week for a whole year just to learn and be a part of the, the coffee scene here. Um, there's the San Diego Coffee Network, uh, which was holding throwdowns. Um, every month they were holding them for the last few years. So he was attending those and getting involved in that and becoming friends with most of the shop owners in town, um, like the guys over at James, like Coffee and Tea Collective, Bean Bar. Um, there's uh, the the Josh Bonners, if he's another one that is no longer here, unfortunately, Josh, um, if you're listening, but there's, there's people again that have trudged the ground and that, um, were there long before Sam, but Sam chose to, uh, engage in that, um, and not come in and, and, and I mean, yeah, everyone's going to be an outsider at some point, um, but getting from that point to, as a company, realizing that the city itself has received us, um, and I think even the coffee scene, for the most part, uh, that they're having, uh, it's just great that we go to, we, we share drinks at other shops, and everyone says hello, and they're cordial, and they're nice, and um, we're, we're working on a token system right now with a few shops in town, where if you buy one at any shop, you get a little token that lets you buy another, get a free drink at another place. So, um, we, we want to be part of the community. Community is in our value system to be engaging with the local and global community. So on the local side, um, we wanted to do that way before I came on board. So, um, most of that, right, that I live in is accredited to Sam. And then, you know, I get, and our team here gets the opportunity to carry that on. Um, Yeah. So there's other things like the baseball game you hear behind you, but <laughs> we're still struggling with what that looks like in this city. Um, you you would think like, oh, there's people, there's a ball game going on, but it's a lot of hard work uh, to when they close down streets and other things, and then they charge forty dollars for parking. So we're adjusting to that, but at the same time, like we have connections with the Padres management and um, team, so. I know we're working on solutions even with them and they're supportive of us and they come in and get drinks all the time. So it's not like we're even at odds with them. It's just how do we come up with creative solutions? Not, and ultimately not just for Copa Vida, but for everyone here on our street like that might suffer a little dent on game days. So, yeah, I think that the, the city is beautiful. And like I said, at least among the coffee scene, the, the better days, the best is yet to come. The better days are ahead. So. Yeah. Oh. Speed around. Speed. yeah, cool. Yeah. So, and just so everyone knows, we're sitting outside, right next to Petco Park, which is classic San Diego. Just being downtown with things happening all the time, all around us. It's beautiful. It's loud, yeah. but that's what the okay. shops like, and that's what San Diego's like. Yeah, lots of dogs. Lots of dogs. Um, yeah, that's my visual description. So how long do I get, I get, I get 
30 seconds, 10 seconds? Yeah. I get one answer? I think we're going to do word. 15 seconds. So when we did it with David, we kind of just let it run. Um, but I think we're going to switch it up a David's little a bit. Talker. David's I'm a talker. David's a talker. No, that was <laughs> fantastic. I think you actually just answered a lot of questions that we would have just asked yeah, you anyway. No, so, um, so we're just going to ask you, let's see, I have six speed round questions. You can, I mean, you have 15 seconds. You could just give us a quick response or give us a First thing that comes quick, to your head, huh? um, and then after that, David left you a question. So okay. kind of what we're doing in this is, uh, whoever we interview is going to ask the next person who they don't know who it is, just any question they want. Um, but don't let cool. that distract you yet. Um, you can think of that after. <laughs> um, so if you're ready, give me the thumbs up, and we'll sure, dive right in. Right. Cool. Um, what is one shop that you enjoy paying a visit? Anywhere. Anywhere. That I enjoyed? All right. Uh, uh, any shop that you enjoy? Like, you roll into town, and you're just really excited. I pull into town. I'm really excited. Uh, I love Sight Glass at Layout um, up in San Francisco. I don't even know what store it was. All their locations are beautiful, but there's the one that has like that V-shaped uh, two espresso bars on either side, and you walk in and yeah, yeah. Um, and I love like the mezzanine up top. But there's another one that has like beautiful uh, herringbone uh, woodwork on the ceiling, and their roasters in the back, and nice little black and white tile at the entrance. Like they're just beautiful locations. Oh. Very beautiful. Okay, okay so. next question. Um, what is your home coffee setup? My home coffee setup is uh, right now. I'm I'm sticking to Kalita, but the last two days I've actually done uh, Chemex and using our Wamena coffee. It's the Ethiopian natural, uh, and it was it tasted great. So I'm kind of, I don't actually it was my brother's. So I need to I don't own a Chemex, but it, okay. I need to invest. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what is your favorite brew method? Um, favorite brew method. I could say my favorite brew method is a is an espresso machine. I like cappuccinos, cortados, but uh, Kalita right now. That that's kind of where I, I I was always doing V60 and kind of went to Kalita. And some days I'll throw the V60 back out. But, like I said, maybe it'll become the Chemex pretty soon. You never know. Okay. Next question. <laughs> uh, what is the single best cup of coffee you've ever had, if you could think of one? If I could think of one. Oh, man. The one that just stood out. The one. So um, I think... I think it was just the first time actually having a Gesha coffee where it was like, you're just, not, since then not all of them have been like up to the hype, but I think realizing that, that what's possible um, with, with the coffee that kind of blew me away, like, oh my gosh, like, if someone can taste that, and then, you know, not that I, I love my dirty Denny's cup of coffee sometimes, um, my diner coffee. coffee, yeah, but... Once your mind's blown by, by something like, um, you know, Panama State coffee or something, then you're like, whoa! Like, what else is? What's the in between then? Like, what else, what other things are there? So, um, who is one person that you look up to within the coffee industry? One person I look up to. Um, I I've, I've been geeking out on some of Chris Baca stuff. Um, just kind of lately, like he does the YouTubes of, like, 
stop trying to impress your the baristas who walk into your shop and just serve the cup of coffee. Yeah, you know, serve the espresso and like if you're not if if you weren't doing your job like five minutes earlier, what makes you think like why are you like catering it to a particular person? Yeah, listen to that last week. <laughs> yeah. Chris Baca is how I learned how to do coffee via his tutorials. Yeah. Shout out to Chris Yeah, Baca. Chris, if you're listening, you. um, <laughs> hopefully we'll get you next. Okay, uh, last speed round question. Tell me, one or t- um, tell me one or two songs that pair well with your morning cup. One or two songs. Not sure if you guys know Hammock. Do you know Hammock? They're actually, funny enough, based out of Nashville. Found that out when I moved to Nashville. But um, Hammock, it's just really atmospheric. Uh, you could say it's shoegazer, movie score sounding kind of stuff. That kind of gets me going in the morning. Because usually I'm drinking in the morning by myself, and my wife doesn't really drink coffee, so it's just I'm up before her anyway. It's just turn that on and do some reading. Cool. So that's the speed round. Thank you for those answers. Um, and then we have a question left for you by uh, David from James Coffee. Um, and here it is. What are your passions beyond coffee? What do you like to do? Passions beyond coffee are writing. I am a musician, so I play music. Um, I am a. I was doing design for since I was eighteen, having my own business, doing that too. So, uh, creating on many levels, but for sure, music. Um, I, I think that that is something that will never leave me. Um, if anything, kind of trumps my love of coffee. <laughs> but if there was a means to do that, maybe I wouldn't be in coffee. And yeah, yeah. but I would still be drinking. I'd be opposite. I'd be drinking coffee every morning and going off and yeah. uh, music. Yeah, photography too. Okay. I don't do enough of that so at all. All around creative things. Yeah, creative things. Cool. Which is why I'm doodling at 13 years old on yeah, graph paper. Cool. So. Creativity, art, writing, photos, coffee. Yeah. It all kind of goes together in like the same kind of community of people. Yeah. A lot of consistency there. Yeah. Um, now, if you could think of one question that you would want to ask the next person. About coffee or after? Anything you Anything want. I want. They have to answer it. And they have, they have to answer it. Have to. Um... I could make it simple and ask about colors. I would say, though, um, I don't know who you're going to talk to next, but where do you see the coffee industry going in the next five to ten years? Is it something that uh, will be more automated? Is it something that will find a resurgence back into the, the more manual? We're kind of leaning, I don't know, we all know there's things out there leaning towards more automation to give the customer experience uh, an elevation over the that's what people are really coming in they love the coffee shop for the, they know my name it's my little community before I go off to work but yeah what what do you see sorry, as the, the the future of coffee beyond like new technology is it is it going to be more people centric or more coffee centric um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. <laughs> cool. I think that's it. Thank you, Joel, so much. Um, we really appreciate it. And yeah, yeah, that's it. Signing out. Um, it's a beautiful day. Want to go for it? 
I'm nervous. You're nervous. Let's just uh, do it for fun. Yeah. If it doesn't work yeah. out, we can clip it off. Uh, oh, well, like, yeah, what are you guys brewing right now? Or what are you guys toying with? Yeah. Uh, Any boundary pushing? No boundary pushing. Playing it safe with uh, my Kalita. That's been my go-to right now. Um, I just got some coffee from Dapper and Wise. I think it's in Ethiopia. It's delicious. Um, nothing too new with experimenting, though. Yeah. Just keeping it solid with that metal Kalita wave. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, being a bootstrapping college student, I have my... Uh, my red plastic V60, uh-huh. deepest one possible, and um, kind of learning more and more how to dial that in. Yeah. Some dorm room operations. Um, so that's it at, at home. But I think really trying to explore like outside of that, like in visiting different shops and what people are doing, and um, learning more and more. Because yeah. I'm pretty limited as far as like yeah. what I can do. So. I'm dying for coffee soda in this town. Is there coffee soda in this town? There is coffee soda at James. Okay. Uh, I haven't had it very much. I'm more of an espresso and tonic guy, so I can't speak for the coffee soda. Yeah. But it's worth giving it a try. Yeah. Where do you get espresso and tonic then? Uh, nowhere. Nowhere. Um, no, that <laughs> no, nowhere in San Diego serves espresso and tonic. I have to make it myself. It's really good too. Well, if anyone's listening and is doing some cool stuff with uh, coffee and soda, reach out. Yeah. Um, other than that, yeah, share recipes. Um, <laughs> other than that, it's a beautiful day. I'm very tempted to just go buy a ticket <laughs> and watch the game because yeah. the sunset's going to be really nice. Um, but thank you so much, Joel. Yeah, thank we really you appreciate guys. it. I, really I know we're not on a video, but yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, we're shaking hands. Um, but but I appreciate it. signing out.